0: Hey guys, this is the New Heights Church Podcast, and we just want to welcome you and thank you for joining us today. We hope this message inspires and encourages you. Here at New Heights, we exist to love people and point them to Christ. Enjoy today's service. I want to talk just for a few minutes about kingdom culture. Everybody say kingdom. You can't understand anything in the Bible if you don't understand kingdom you can't understand anything to the fullest degree unless you understand kingdom. Matter of fact, Jesus' cousin, John the Baptist, he was the one who prepared the way for Jesus. And he practically preached the same message everywhere he went. Repent, the kingdom of God is at hand. Jesus picked up this message after John, uh, uh, after John was killed, after John was martyred. Jesus picked up this message. The word repent is the word metanoe. It means to change your thought process. Change how you think. Because if you can get somebody to change how they think, then you don't have to worry about the decisions that they would make. If you can't get them to change their thought process, you can only get them to change one decision at a time. But if you can be made new, If you can have the mind of Christ, if you can look through the eyes of grace and humility, then you can be used by God indefinitely. Because the the primary commandments that Jesus referenced whenever he was asked which ones were the most important was to love God with all your heart, your mind and your soul and to love your neighbor or love people like you love yourself. And neither one of those two are finite because loving God looks different depending on what the situation is. Loving God can mean praying, but loving God can also mean helping somebody who you have the physical or, or natural means to help. So if you just turn your nose up when, when you have... Uh, I remember one time I was in a church service. This was 15 years ago or so. And a good friend of mine, uh, I knew he was going through some hard times, but I didn't realize the, the level or the extent of the hard times. And I'm sitting in the church service, and the Lord told me to give him $500. Now, I didn't have $500 in my pocket, so I thought to myself, I will give it to him when I have it in my pocket. And I immediately felt the Lord say, do it now. And I thought, well, how am I supposed to do that? And heaven went silent. Because if you know how to do it, you're supposed to do it. I knew where the bank was. I knew where the ATM was. This too real? I knew exactly how to do it. Most of the time, we want to give the excuse of, well, I didn't know how. Well, anything you want to know how, you figure out. Anything you don't want to do, you say, I don't know how. It's 2021. YouTube University will teach you how to do brain surgery. Four civilians just went to space for three days. Don't tell me you don't know how to do it. You can Anything you want to figure out, you can figure out. Some of you, when you know a couple of years ago, you you couldn't boil water, and you you've watched a, a handful of 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 cooking videos on YouTube, and now you can't cook much. But you can cook two dishes. Come on, somebody! I'm a big believer. You need to have at least two good dishes that you cook. The rest of the stuff you can nearly get in a box, you know. But you better have two good ones that you can pull out at any time. Just a, just that, that, that lay it down meal. Just a couple of just, just maxed out meals that you can just lay down at any time. You figured that out. You didn't know how to, you didn't know how to cook anything. You figured that out. The excuse of I didn't know how is, is not a, it's not a rational excuse when placed into perpetuity. What are, what you actually are saying? This is too much, Jake. I just feel like there's something happening here. So what you're actually, I'll just talk to Jake. What you're actually saying, when you say I didn't know how, is I didn't care enough to figure it out. I didn't care enough to figure it out. I valued something else over that. That's what you actually said. So what happens is whenever you begin to get a revelation on kingdom now all of a sudden you realize that it takes a new mindset see god doesn't listen you cannot have a successful healing crusade in heaven there is no sickness there come on kleenex would go out of business day one in heaven because there's no tears in heaven You cannot go on a soul-winning expedition in heaven. (laughs) Walking down Glory Avenue. Can I talk to you about the Lord? Somebody's going to be like, yeah, let's chat. (laughs) Well, I just want to know, do you know him? Oh, yeah, I know him. (laughs) Well, okay, next person. Can, Can I talk to you about the Lord Jesus? Yeah, let's talk about Jesus. Praise the Lord. Do you know him? Yeah, saw him this morning. You, you you can't you can't you can't wait to do the will of God there. You must do the will of God here and now. The kingdom of God is at hand. You can touch it. It's right here. So you have to change your mindset, or you'll just think that heaven is an insurance policy. Life insurance. Everybody needs it, nobody wants to use it. So you've got to get a new mindset, a kingdom mindset that thinks through the lens of the scripture and looks through the eyes of love so that you have an effective life while you're here. Somebody say effective. I'm just going to give a, a couple of, of, of new points today or maybe just one. But kingdom, the kingdom has its own culture. Somebody say Culture. Culture is one of the most powerful things on the planet. You don't even have to know, you don't even have to know literally anything about somebody, but if you hear them talk, you can tell what culture they come from. If you, if you hear an accent, you have an understanding of some of the culture that they're from. But the problem is whenever you get in the new kingdom and you drag your old culture into the new kingdom, you build a dam or a blockade of what God can actually use you for. Because instead of getting completely, wait for it, converted. I want a new culture. I want to be made new. His mercies are... Every morning, I want the new in my life. I don't want the old in my life. The Bible says, be ye transformed by the renewing of your mind. I'm talking about changing how you think so that you don't drag your old culture into the new kingdom. Because whenever you whatever you drag that's old into the new, the Bible says, you can't put new wine in an old wine skin you got to be made new. you got to adopt the culture of the kingdom. you got to decide that God's word is right no matter how you feel or how convincing your grandpa was. I love your grandpa. I love everybody. But you can't drag your grandpa's culture into the new kingdom and think that that's going to be okay and just say, Well, that's what my grandpa said. God's going to say, What did I say? Don't tell me about what your aunt said if it doesn't line up with this book. Because God's word never returns void, but your grandpa's colloquialism might. I love grandpa's colloquialisms. I love all the stories. I love all of it. But you can't go dragging this old culture culture into the new kingdom and and expect it to not have an impact that stunts your kingdom effectiveness. So we talked about a few things. One, we talked about love. Look, godless heathens love people that love them. Can you love the person that doesn't vote like you? Well, now, wait a minute. I don't know where we <laughs> Can you love the person that doesn't look like you? Can you? Can you love the person that hates you? This is real stuff. Because the people that hate you, it hurts. What about the people that love you that stick a knife in your back? If you can't love them... You're literally, I'm not saying you got to go have dinner with them every night. But if you can't love them, if you can't look at them through the eyes of love, God cannot use you in that area. If you can't change how you think, here's one. If you can't change how you talk, I don't want to sound too churchy. You don't want to sound like Jesus' wife. Sometimes sometimes I hear my kids say something and I know it's something Crystal said and it brings me so much joy. Crystal's my wife, if you guys didn't know it. She's probably back there with the kids because literally she absolutely loves children. She'd have a hundred of them. She claims every one of yours is her own, just so you know. She's probably back there feeding one or something. But what happens is, when you get in the kingdom, you got to talk different. You say, well, I, I don't want to give that up. Okay, well, there's an area God can't use you. <laughs> if how you talk... Listen, if your friends are surprised you're a Christian, you probably need to change how you talk. Yeah. I didn't know you were a Christian. Well, why not? It's because you sound like the world. You know a tree by its fruit, not by its root. The fruit comes from the root, but it's identifiable by the fruit, which is visible. So is the visible aspects of your life, your attitude, how you talk, how you walk, the things that you do, your your hobbies and your lifestyle. Is it indicative of somebody that is born again and is is excited about the kingdom of God or is it indicative of somebody that is a super secret Christian that maybe will make it to heaven? This is why we don't have 8 million people born again every day. It's because nobody knows who the Christians are. Because the world convinced you to keep your faith to yourself. That's not the will of God. The will of God is for you to evangelize. Well, I'm not an evangelist. Let me tell you who the greatest evangelist on the planet is. A free person. A free person. Somebody that's not bound by religion. Somebody that's not bound by sin or, or shame or, or any of this other nonsense that sticks. Somebody that's just free. Somebody that talks about you. I talk, listen, I, 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 pick with Jake a lot, honestly, because, because, you know, I'm around him so much. He's one of my best friends. If I can't talk about Jake, if I can't, if I couldn't describe him to you, am I even his friend? We were, Jake and I, we went and preached down in, uh, Lamarck last week. And and while we were down there, Jake Jake, it was I don't know, it was five or ten minutes before I was supposed to be at the church and we're driving around because they didn't have church till ten o'clock in the morning. So we didn't know what to do. We're sitting there, I'm like, I'm like, well, what do I do? Just keep reading the Bible? Just. My eyes were getting crossed, you know. I said, I'm going for a ride. Had no idea. Elon Musk's SpaceX rockets are down there. We went and looked at those. Went and looked at some water, I'm like, look at that water. Some more water. We stopped at Starbucks twice. True story. (laughs) We start early. It's five or ten minutes before service. And Jake says something to the nature of, man, do you even know what you're going to preach about? I'm like, yeah, I got an idea. He goes, what do you mean? I said, well, Jake, I'm going to walk up there and talk about my best friend. It's not hard for me to talk about Jesus. I love Jesus. I said, if somebody asked me about you, if I couldn't describe you, Would I really be your friend? It's not a challenge for me to talk about Jesus. It's a privilege for me to talk about Jesus. I go up there over prepared. In other words, I prepare like it all hangs on me, and then I talk like it all hangs on him. And I'm just free to talk at that point. When the fruit of your life is telling the story of your love of your best friend. That's when we're going to have to, we won't finish that building before we'll need another one. This is the will of God, is for us to begin to shift. Somebody say shift. But it changes how we talk. I just want to give you one for the sake of time today, okay? Open your Bible to Hebrews chapter number 10. Always bring your Bible to church. Always bring your Bible to church. Hebrews chapter 10, verse 24 Let us consider, that means to think about, one another to provoke unto love and good works. Quick question, and I mean it honestly and without any kind of teeth in it. Your flesh is always gonna wanna think about somebody and then apply some element of judgment that makes you feel better about the fact that you're either doing something they're not doing or you're not doing something they are doing. That's what your flesh does. So you can always tell if it's your flesh or if it's, or, or if you're in the spirit based off the fact that if your first thought is to judge it, and this could be anything. And so if you're going to combat that, you need to begin to develop a life free of judgment. That means, If you could look at somebody's cell phone cover, and if your first thought is to go, I hate that. Number one, who cares if you hate it? It's their cell phone cover. But that begins to bleed over into every little area. And before you know it, everybody asks you about a restaurant. And instead of telling them you liked it or you didn't like it, you always say, I like it, but. And then you give the three things that you hate about it. And this applies to every situation. And what happens is, it's the enemy trying to desensitize you to develop a lifestyle of judgment. You ready? I don't want to go there, but I'm going to go there, okay? Facebook, Instagram. Mm, Like, I'm not telling them that I don't like it, but my flesh is not liking it and that's why I'm not hitting the button. And it has preconditioned people to make a judgment. No way. Oh, you think the devil's an idiot? The whole goal is to get you looking through judgmental eyes instead of eyes of love. So what happens is, is you and I, we've got to get to the place where when we consider people, we consider to provoke them unto love and to good works. So with your children, instead of saying, you shouldn't have done that. Instead of that, now we certainly correct them where it needs to be. But we're provoking them to good works. We are celebrating what we want replicated. Yeah. Hey, I really liked how you said yes ma'am and no ma'am today. Oh wow, praise God. Thanks dad. Well, the reason is, is because you're trying to provoke them to good works, not just trying to stop them from bad works. Don't miss that. God didn't call you with all your friends and family and all your coworkers to be the stopper of bad works, the provoker of good works. I'm not saying not stepping in if somebody's being harmed or something like that clearly, but I'm saying you're not the Holy Ghost. You're filled with the Holy Spirit. So your job is to provoke people To good works. When you think about people, don't look through the eyes of judgment. One more verse. Not forsaking the assembling of ourselves together, listen to this, as the manner of some is, but exhorting or encouraging one another so much more as you see the day approaching. The day approaching is talking about the coming of the Lord. So what he's saying is, look, don't forsake getting together with people of faith. Now, I understand pandemics and all of that, but you can get together now digitally. You can tune into a live stream, you can have a phone call, you can do a fa- I found out the other day, you can FaceTime with more than one person at the same time. My kids found out and now it's just like like crazy lamb. We got five people on the phone all the time. Because there's 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 a a a plan of the enemy. That involves your isolation. Because when you become isolated, you are more vulnerable to attack. We like to talk about Jesus leaving the 99 to find the one because the one is out there living their life, doing their thing. But the reality is, is every good shepherd knows if they're not with the flock, they are at risk. He's on a rescue mission because the minute you're isolated, you're not just more vulnerable, you're susceptible to deceit, you're deceptive. If you think about it, he calls a sheep so often, the only time that a sheep is not with the flock, it either got lost or usually it's sick. So when you wake up and you find yourself isolated, it's usually not the flock that's sick. It's usually not the group. That can be, but not usually. When you find yourself isolated, you can't hear anything anybody's saying. Everybody's against you. Listen, what's happened is, is you've got yourself in an isolated condition, and survival in isolation is much more difficult than when you're with the flock. So he says, look, don't don't uh, uh, forsake or abandon being together, which is the manner of some. I, I always get tickled when, when people talk to me and, I, and I'm witnessing. And I say, hey, well, well, praise the Lord. Do you know the Lord? Hey, why don't you come to our church? All that. Well, I don't believe you have to come to church to be a Christian. Well, clearly. Like that's not in the Bible. But why would you just want to get by with anything? This is an entirely new life that you get in and there is a flow to it. And when you are outside of it, everybody that's in it looks weird or peculiar. But when you're in it, it's living water that causes you to never thirst again. It's a total shift where when when your life begins to line up with the word because of the word now everything begins to look different to you and isolation might be for a moment so that you can have specific time with God but it is not God's plan for your life style Which is why we get into the house of God. It's why we get on a first touch team here at this church. Maybe called something different at other churches. But it's why we volunteer at the church. It's why we join a life group. Because we are trying to not only find ourselves in a place where we can encourage others. But you never know when you're going to need somebody to tell you something good about your life. Because you're in a challenging situation. From the top of my head to the soles of my feet, I am Brian Hallam, and and, and I am a spirit. I have a soul, and I live in a body. I do realize this is an exceptional body, but praise the Lord, it is a body. But here's the deal. If I were to cut my hand, my other hand can put a bandage or a band-aid on a wound. In other words, another part of my body can help heal a hurting part of my body. The Bible says that we are the body of Christ. God doesn't want you to stop assembling with other people just because it's good for you. He understands that you might be the hand with the bandage in it and not the one that needs it. His body can begin to help heal other parts of his body. But if you forsake the assembling together, if you're not around Christians, and I realize we do have to be amongst the world so that we can win the loss and so that we can witness and all that other stuff, but you got to understand this kingdom culture of being assembled together is one so that we can in one mind and one accord lift up the name of Jesus. Because the Bible says if two or more get together, if we can just find a place where we can get together, that God himself is among us. The Bible says two is better than one because our labor is more effective. The Bible says one puts a thousand to flight, but two puts 10,000 to flight. The Bible says if you and I can touch and agree on anything, we can have it. The devil wants you by yourself because by yourself means you are not in the same prepared condition to experience these promises. It's a change. It's a focus. It's a shift. There's an element of change that must come into your life at a fundamental level. And then you never stop altering. I got to change how I love people. I gotta love first because he loved first. Yeah. I gotta change how I think because I gotta meta no way. I gotta change my mindset. The kingdom is here. I gotta change how I talk because how will anybody even know? The Bible says, how will they even know unless somebody proclaims it? How will they even know? And we gotta make sure that we don't isolate ourselves. And put ourselves out there where there's more wolves than sheep. See, it's hard for a wolf to pick one off when the sheep are in a flock. But when you get out there where the wolves live, now everything comes through the echo of the howl of the enemy. They don't like me. They're against me. I don't know why they did that. Everything comes through those filters. Until you decide to change. Because people only really change in two situations. Only two. People change when they want to or they have to. You either stop smoking because you want to, because you don't want your kids to smoke and you want your lungs to be healthy. Or you stop smoking because the doctor says you either quit or you're going to die next week. You want to or you have to. That's it. So when it comes to living this life, this Christian life, this God centered life, you got to make sure that you don't neglect or abandon being amongst people of faith because. That's where you and I, the Bible says, that's where we have opportunity to be more effective than we are singularly. Does this make sense? Let's do this. Let's all stand to our feet. I'm done teaching and I want to give you time too to go and sign up for a life group before you leave. Let's do this. Let's, Let's all lift our hands. Father, we're here today because we love you. Help us see those areas where we need to make an alteration in our culture. What do we need to lay aside? What do we need to pick up? Help us, Lord God, lay aside the concept. The concepts that are contrary to your word. And let us, Lord God, adopt. Let us adopt your culture at all costs. Let your hand move in our lives. Let us be known for love. Let us be known because we sound like you. We think like you. Give us the strength to gather. Thank you for protecting us as we do. But Lord, let us never get to the place where we are tempted by the enemy to live in isolation as opposed to the safety of your flock. In Jesus' name. Father, I'm asking you to bless your people. I'm asking you to bless them coming in. Bless them going out. As our life group semester starts, I'm asking you to fill each group, Lord God, with your presence. Let, let laughter and joy flow like a river. Thank you, Lord God, for a great church. Thank you for our new building paid for in the name of Jesus Father I'm asking you to open the windows of heaven over every person here in Jesus name if you got one more praise locked up in you come on turn it loose God bless you we'll see you Wednesday I hope you enjoyed the podcast today if you did there are a couple of things that I'd love for you to do number one subscribe to our show that way the most recent episodes will always be in your feed waiting for you ready when you are